from the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! What's up, y'all? It's Wednesday, July 20th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Chris Hummer, and today we're talking about Oklahoma State. The Cowboys are coming off a 12-2 season and a Fiesta Bowl win, the program's best showing since 2011. As for what's next in Stillwater, we've brought in GoPokes beat writer Cody Nagel to discuss the Cowboys' 2022 season. Cody, welcome to the show. Hope you're doing great. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Vibes are, <laughs> vibes are immaculate. Um, I wanted to start with Spencer Sanders. Let's go with the familiar for the people. Dip our toes in the water with Oklahoma State was something that we all have grown to know over the last four years. Um, he's back in Stillwater for his fourth season of the starter. At Big 12 Media Days, Blank Gundy seemed to indicate that something clicked for Spencer late last season. I'm wondering, did you see the same? And what are the expectations for Spencer entering 2022? Yeah, I think, you know, kind of the thing that clicked is the more they're able to play up-tempo, um, just the more comfortable he is, um, which that, that kind of seems a little bit backwards in a, in a way. You know, you'd think the, the faster he'd get, the faster he's having to think through things, um, you know, the more prone he'd be for mistakes. But, you know, I think the, the example that he was trying to make is, is that Notre Dame game in, in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, you know, they get down three touchdowns and they really had to, to push the pace in the second half. Um, and that was probably the best stretch of, of any half that, that Spencer had last season. Um, so I think that's kind of the, the thing that clicked for him last year. Um, you know, they, they weren't really able to play fast early in the year. Um, they had some, some offensive line injuries, um, just kind of new, new guys they were kind of plugging in there. Um, and the running back position really wasn't um, really solid in those first few weeks in the non-conference schedule. So they, they weren't really able to play that up-tempo that, that Spencer's comfortable with. So, you know, I think if they're able to do that this year, you could see, you know, one of his, his best seasons here in Stillwater. I, I'm, I'm wondering, I think seven of 11 starters on offense return. So there's a lot of familiarity around Spencer, but there are two key places to replace and 1,000 yard rusher Jalen Warren and 1,000 yard receiver Tay Martin, who both have left the program. Um, who is going to step in and help replace that production at both of those positions? Yeah, I think wide receiver, there's probably a handful of guys that could step up. You know, they, they put in a lot of freshman receivers last year. Um, and, and a lot of those guys are obviously back this year for their sophomore season. So, you know, having that experience from last year, um, obviously then there's Brennan Presley. He's, he's going to be a junior now. Um, I think he's, he's definitely going to be a guy that gets a lot of the targets, but, you know, other names, um, John Paul Richardson, Bryson Green, Blaine Green, the, the two Green twins there, um, and Jaden Bray is another, you know, big receiving threat, um, big-bodied guy. Um, you know, he could be, be the, you know, the guy in my mind for Spencer this year, um, just as far as, you know, his, his ability to, to contest down the field. Um, you know, he's a receiver that really played, or really has only played football for a few years. Um, basketball was kind of his sport in high school and finally, you know, realized that, you know, maybe my, my future's in basketball or in football. So, um, yeah, Jaden Bray's a name to watch at, at running back. Um, there's also a few guys that could step up. Um, but I think Dominic Richardson, um, he's a junior. He'll be the the lead back there that'll get the bulk of the carries. But, you know, there's there's always kind of been this this injury issue in the backfield for Oklahoma State. You know, they start the season with one guy, and he's not really the the guy that ends the season. 
Um, so, you know, Jaden Nixon will be a redshirt freshman this um, this year. Um, he's a name to watch. And then they also got DeAndre Jackson, um, a transfer from Texas A&M that should should take some carries too. So there's there's a few guys at each of those positions, but, you know, it's kind of hard to predict, you know, who's going to – they don't really have the guy kind of established going into fall camp here. Gotcha. I, I just want to – Brennan Presley real quick. This has really nothing to do with the season, but I just want to <laughs> mention that at Big 12 Media Days, he said – something about eating candy and my ears perked up. And basically he said he eats about two pounds of candy every two weeks, which is just insane. And yeah, he said he spends like 30 bucks on candy and that'll last him like two weeks or so, which I don't know how he consumes that much and how he goes through the the training programs that coach Rob Glass puts him through. But, but yeah, he's, he's a different character and yeah, eating popcorn and, and candy for, for dinner for a full week is basically what he did once. So. Truly a cornerback's nightmare at a dentist. So let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, Defensive coordinator Jim Knowles obviously left for Ohio State. His replacement, Derek Mason, comes over from Auburn. Um, Will the scheme change much in that transition? No, I think that the scheme will stay the same. You know, I think what the thing people don't really realize is, you know, you you lose Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator is gone. They they expect the whole system is going to be different. Um, they're bringing in somebody new, but you know, it really wasn't Jim Knowles' system. I think over the years that he was here, um, the whole coaching staff collectively kind of worked to build their own system. Um, so that's all pretty much in place. Obviously, Derek Mason comes in and I'll add his, you know, twists and everything to it and in his different coverages, but for the most part, everything will be the same. Um, so yeah, I don't think that's gonna be as drastic, but drastic of a change as some people might expect. Okay. So defensively, um, I think five stars return. Um, so let's go good and bad with the defense. Um, what's the strength of this unit? I, I imagine it's probably going to be the defensive line. And what questions do you have um, entering the season? Yeah, the strength's definitely the defensive line. Um, you get pretty much everyone back there except for um, Israel Antoine. Um, but, you know, Colin Oliver's back, Brock Martin's back. Um, and then you also get Trace Ford back, who didn't even play last year, but you know, had two really outstanding freshman and sophomore seasons back in 2019 and 2020. Um, but he's coming off a pair of knee injuries. So it's, you know, kind of iffy how he'll perform. Um, but yeah, defensive line is definitely the strength. Um, question marks is definitely linebacker. Um, you know, you lose Malcolm Rodriguez, Devin Harper. Um, you know, there's there's a few guys that are going to have to step up there. You know, I think Xavier Benson, a, a JUCO transfer that, that actually has two years of experience from Texas Tech, um, is, is a name to watch there. Uh, Mason Cobb as well, probably next to him. Um, then you get into the secondary, you lose both your starting cornerbacks there. Um, now they've got two two juniors that that have experience but are still kind of young, in my opinion. Um, you know, you got Corey Black and Jabbar Muhammad, um, both of which who played really well in the in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, so I expect those guys to be the starters there. Um, then safety, you still get Jason Taylor back. Um, Thomas Harper's back. That'd be Devin Harper's younger brother. Um, so there's there's some spots to fill there, but but overall, um, the defensive line is going to be the strength for sure. It's something they're going to have to lean on up there. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I got to play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. 
A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. You mentioned one a second ago, um, offense or defense. Is there a newcomer on the team you expect to have the biggest impact, whether it's a transfer or a freshman? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I think Xavier Benson is probably the most impactful. Um, I think just his experience that he has in the Big 12. Um, you know, he played there, played at Texas Tech for two years, um, went to Tyler Community College or Tyler Junior College um, and was an All-American there. Um, so getting him in there and just having that experience um, to, to fill a spot to, for Malcolm Rodriguez or Devin Harper, you know, either one of those is, is a big loss. Um, yeah, he's not going to be, you know, match those guys, um, but just not having as far of a drop off and having him come in should help for sure. Gotcha. Um, so last year, Oklahoma State ranked 84th nationally in yards per play offensively and fifth in yards allowed per play defensively. I would imagine given the losses on defense, that number, no matter how good Derek Mason is as a play caller and no matter how good their placements are, it's going to drop a little bit. How much better does that offense have to be um, for Oklahoma State to maintain a similar trajectory in your mind? Yeah, it needs to improve for sure. I think there was too much... I guess inconsistency might be the right word. Um, you know, they'd have good games with Spencer Sanders, at quarterback, but then you'd also have some where, you know, if that defense wasn't as good as it was, they'd probably lose a few games that, that they probably shouldn't. Um, so I think, you know, the offense definitely has to improve. Um, you know, this is Spencer Sanders fourth year. Um, it's kind of time for him to, you know, prove that he's a, a legit quarterback and, and can be one of the best in, in the big 12. You know, obviously he won, or got the first team all big 12 last year, but there's kind of some question marks on, you know, did he deserve that really? But, you know, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder this year and, and wants to prove that, you know, he can lead this offense and, and get back to that, you know, kind of high powered stuff that, that Oklahoma state's been known for over the years. Yeah. The dichotomy of Spencer Sanders in the big 12 championship throwing um, four interceptions. And then what he did a couple of weeks later in the Fiesta bowl, it's just like the Spencer Sanders experience in my mind. You never, Never know what you're going to get on that front. Um, Oklahoma State's finished fourth or better in the Big 12 standings, I think, nine of the last 10 years. That's kind of the floor in Stillwater. They're going to be in the mix. What will it take for this team to reach its ceiling in the Big 12? Um, I mean, I hate to repeat myself, but I really think it's, it's the offense. Um, you know, I don't think the defense is going to have this big drop-off. Um, I think the only concern I really have is, is Derek Mason's play calling. Um, as far as coverages and stuff, I think, you know, Jim Knowles is, is one of the best in the country at that and, and making halftime adjustments. And, you know, if the, if the offense or opposing offense, you know, has a good first quarter, first half, um, they're going to, or Jim Knowles is going to adjust to that. Um, you know, that'll be a question mark is whether Derek Mason can, can follow that up and, you know, have that same play calling ability. Um, but I think it's, it's to the offense's responsibility to, you know, match that level of play and, I think, you know, having the experience Spencer Sanders has, getting a healthy offensive line, that's kind of been an issue the past couple of years. Um, and then just having multiple playmakers on on the outside and in the backfield, I think for a while there, that was kind of, 
you know, it was, it was Chuba Hubbard and Tyler Wallace. I know that was a couple of years ago, but it was just those two guys and there really wasn't a whole lot behind them. So I think having, you know, multiple playmakers being able to, you know, have threats throughout the field um, and get back to that, that level of offense that, that Oklahoma state's been known for over the years. Um, and then finally, I wanted to ask you about Mike Gundy. It wouldn't be an Oklahoma state podcast without talking about <laughs> Mike Gundy. Um, He's gone from one of the youngest coaches in the country to now being the elder statesman of the Big 12, which is which is crazy. Um, he's no longer a man who's 40 for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's now making seven and a half million dollars a year after a contract changed this offseason. And obviously, um, it was an interesting offseason the year before that resulted in his contract dropping the way it did. I'm just wondering, what's the temperature on Gundy among the Cowboy fan base as Oklahoma State looks for its first Big 12 title in over a decade? Yeah, I think last year definitely changed the approach. I think he was kind of on a, a bit of a hot seat. Um, but, you know, the fact that they, you know, come literally inches short of winning a Big 12 title, um, go to the Fiesta Bowl and win that, um, I think fans realize, you know, okay, he's still got some good years left in him. Um, let's not chase him out of town or anything just yet. Um, but but obviously I think he's going to be here the rest of his career. I don't see him, you know, coaching anywhere else. I think his – his comfort level is as best as it's been here, just with the the change in administration, um, new president, new athletic director. Um, but, but as far as just the fans' opinion, I think, you know, I think they realize how how good they have it. Um, you know, you see all these other coaching changes across the country. Sometimes they they don't work out as as what you would see or what you'd think. Um, so I think you know, he's he's in a better place now. I think than he was you know a couple of years ago and all the you know different scandal stuff not really scandal stuff but you know controversy i guess was going on um and there's a lot of people that kind of wanted him out um so i think there's kind of a mutual understanding that you know we want this guy around let's let's not chase him out of town just yet not sure well hey, cody thanks so much for joining the podcast today and uh for myself and our producer jordan maiden thanks for listening i'll talk to y'all soon